Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Welcome in Breaking Bones, a Sunday morning. Hopefully everybody is up. You know, you pour your cup of coffee, you sit back, you say, Hey, Alexa, play 1010XL skill, and we've got you for the next 30 minutes. Josie from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays, right here on the Superstation, and Dr. George Barr. Gio, I like to call him. Gio, what is up, man? What's up, man? Listen, we are fired up and ready to go. You came back from a sports medicine conference, which we are going to get into. I've got uh, our dudes from Rebound Rehab, which is where I'm going to try and rehab my injury. And I don't know if you know this. I'm a bit of a whiner. I have another injury. Well, actually... I look at you and I say another injury, you say same old injury, yes. you softy. Uh, all right, but we're going to get into that uh, as we go along today. Now, if you have a question, if you want to throw an injury question at us, you can hit the text line 641-1010. We'd love to hear from you uh, as we talk sports injuries. Now, as we set this up, I want you to set up what you did yeah. as far as your sports conference. We're not going to tell everybody everything right now, but you did go and learn a little bit. Yes. And maybe some people learned a little bit from you. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually it's an uh, industry-run conference. It's run by a company that we, we use a lot. Um, but anyways, it's basically called the Team Physicians Course, and most of the physicians use this company mm-hmm. in sports medicine. And so all the docs were there that treat the NFL, NBA, you know, High, uh, hockey, college football, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, there's panels. They go up there, they talk, they bring up interesting cases that that they had, right? And um, kind of talk about maybe some of the new technology that's out. And we got to play with some cool stuff uh, that is coming out. So there soon. are such things as orthopedic toys. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. I do want to hear about yeah. that. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that that we have at our disposal. Some of it is is really cool. Yeah. It's all very expensive. Yeah, <laughs> um, and some of it is cool, and not needed, right? Yeah. And some of it's cool and definitely an advancement. So there's a little bit of everything. All right, cool. We will get into that. If you got a sports injury question, you can hit it six four one ten ten. As a matter of fact, we have a couple questions left over from our last visit with Rebound Rehab, uh, where Hamat came in and we were talking about everything that the physical therapy world can do for you, including what I've been going through. So let's say hello to Brian Borden. He is one of the physical therapists at the Jack's Beaches location. Brian, welcome. In. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. And and our man Hyder Karan from from Rebound Rehab. He is right now videotaping our Sunday show. Uh, he's the head of marketing, it, right? So he's absolutely. Yeah. Do you think he's going to do something to Photoshop you at some point here uh, in this sure video? He will. Yeah, Hyder's got a good sense of humor. I'm sure yeah. he's going to come up with something to do. <laughs> All right, now listen. Welcome in. You're a physical therapist, yes, uh, and and I'm just going to at least wind a little bit as far as what I uh, am going through. But Rebound Rehab. What do you generally see? Like, do you see auto accidents? You see sports injuries what do you generally see we see everything auto accidents sports injuries life injuries uh work comp i mean nose to toes we basically treat it all mm-hmm. yeah and so if you have a program and people are trying to figure out exactly how long they're going to be there because i think the biggest question is is i don't want to devote my time i don't know i want to get better right away that's not easy to do is it it's not and that's the biggest question we have is how long is this going to take and the biggest thing for me is it's not um not necessarily what we're doing. It's how consistent the patient is at home. You know, if you want good success, you got to do what we're asking you to do. You know, so every injury is very different, um, and the time frame is just not set. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, that's the big, biggest thing I tell patients because I'll see patients, and you could tell they're struggling a little bit after a surgery. And Dr. Andrews just always say, therapy is more important than the surgery, mm-hmm. right? And 
to an extent, I believe that's true, especially in certain certain surgeries. And um, you'll get a patient who goes, well, I go to therapy, and I'm still struggling. And I go, do you do stuff at home? Right. And they go, no. Well, I, you know, two hours a week for that 45 minutes, because, you know, it's five minutes to walk in the door and sign your name and this and that, and your one-hour visit is now 45 minutes, is not going to get you where you need to go. It's going to help you, and the therapist is going to see how you're doing things and train you and teach you, hey, fix this, fix that. But then you got to practice that at home. It's like having a tutor, right? Mm-hmm. You play basketball or you're doing math and you go to a tutor one hour a week. That's great. That's going to give you the fundamentals. But you got to go home and practice exactly. the rest yeah. to be able to do better. The thing I liked about it, and, and we're talking with Brian Borden, who's part of Rebound Rehab at the Jack Speeches location. The thing that I liked about what Neha helped me with at the Bay Meadows location is that you get a nice little printout of exercises that you need to do. And if you take them seriously which I did for a couple of weeks, and now I'm going back. uh, Because here's basically what happened is I think um, I had ankle tendonitis pretty severe. Uh, Geo diagnosed it. Me as the radio doctor, I agreed with his assessment. And then we basically, I mean, I was racked with pain. I'm soft to begin with. He had a racked with pain. He had a walker. Oh, man. (laughs) Listen. A rollator. I had an old lady cane from the lost and found at the church that that my wife found. And everyone said, what happened to the old lady? I don't know. We have no idea how that cane ended up in lost and found. But bottom line is, is... It was the peroneal tendons, and we're looking at uh, fat pad, edema, a big problem there. So anyway, you got to take it slow, right? And so can you give us a couple suggestions on the best approach there? The best approach for me is just start off with some basic stretches. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to restore that mobility, take some of the tension off that tendon. You know, not um, not going too far. You know, joke about the walker, but sometimes it's needed. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to go too far, too fast. Uh, Basic stretching. I'm a big fan of ice as far as uh, tendonitis issues go. Um, You know, and then personally, I like to get my hands on patients. Manual Mm -hmm. stretching, massage work, huge benefits. I want to ask a question uh, because I've had patients ask me this. And and actually, when I was in fellowship with Doc, we did some research on it. uh, BFR, blood flow restriction. And they actually talked about it at the course. And what that is, basically, they put a band, like a blood pressure cuff over the muscle they pump that up, and technically you're supposed to get your blood pressure if you want to get all technical about it. But you pump it up, restrict the blood to that area. It's supposed to help it heal faster and get better results. What have you guys seen in the PT world, and are you guys doing it? And also the other thing is, in the course they discussed um, the results from BFR, but then they mentioned a lot of the new studies coming out are saying when you stop BFR, you're kind of losing the gains that you got from it. And that's what's kind of the new stuff coming out, saying that it's great, but now when you stop it, are you going back down, almost like taking steroids? You bulk up, then if you stop steroids, it's what true. happens to your muscle? Yeah. So as far as BFR goes, I don't know a whole much about it. It's not super prevalent in the outpatient world from what I've seen. Um, I've talked to a few home health therapists that use it immediately post-op and have seen good success. I'm not sure about right. the And that's what they talked though. about. They talked about uh, immediate post-op. They're using it in ACLs. But now they're saying that it, when you do stop it, you might regress back to back to – you know, having some muscle atrophy. So it's just an interesting concept. So here's another question that we got, okay. uh, Brian. Uh, this And you guys can throw questions at us, 641-1010. But the last rebound rehab visit we had, uh, and this is a simple question, what is the best thing to do for back spasms? Back spasms, again, I like stretching. You know, you don't want to go too hard with it because you're just going to make those spasms worse. Also, a big proponent of icing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, not doing too much. Right. It's going to aggravate those spasms, increase that muscle work. 
20 minutes on with ice, 40 minutes off. How often? If you can find an ice pack in Florida that stays colder in 15 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know where you got it. Yeah. I mean, 10, 15 minutes is usually what I recommend. <laughs> yeah, don't go any, and, and no. it's not going to work after that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've trained, my, I've trained TLD. She definitely helps me. All right, here's another one, and this is in the neighborhood of plantar fasciitis. It says, I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis. Seems like forever. Painful, but not over the top. Anything new I can do rehab-wise to ease the pain? Not sure what they're doing before. Um, again, it, I know I sound like broken record, but mm-hmm. I always start off with stretching, mm-hmm. you know, and plantar fasciitis. I also like shoe inserts. That can help a lot. Um, you know, as far as new advances, I've not run into too many of them. Um, I don't know about you, Dr. Barry. Have you seen much? Yeah, so um, plantar fasciitis, one is you have to stretch your Achilles. We talk about this, right? So stretch your Achilles with your knee straight and your knee bent because you have your soles and your gastroc, which attach below and above the knee. So knee bent and knee straight are two different ways to stretch that Achilles and gastroc area. It's very important. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we always say a Dixie cup with ice. I haven't seen a Dixie cup in forever. So now what (laughs) I tell people is a water bottle and just freeze it. And then rub your foot on it, right, and to stretch that plantar fascia. Basically what it is is your plantar fascia contracts, and when it gets stretched, it hurts a lot, and you get an itis. You get mm-hmm. inflammation. Cortisone shot does really well with it. I've had great results with it. And for the patients where the cortisone doesn't work, a PRP, for the, I've only done, I would say, a handful of PRP for plantar fascia because the cortisone has worked well, but they have done very well with the PRP when the cortisone has not worked. The frozen bottle makes sense because, remember, our – our daughter Annie went through that. Went to Rebound Rehab after a consult with you, and the same thing that that basically was you, you were explaining to her is just give her give yourself a chance to get some relief. Now I talked to a lady when I went to the dentist office the other day, and maybe you can explain this, Geo, is that she said she had the plantar fasciitis, had a procedure done, yeah. and she said they cut it yeah. and shortened it. They cut it, and they yeah. expected that she would have pain. She said she woke up the next day and was walking and had no problem. I mean, that's um, interesting. So there's a procedure when it doesn't, when it fills all options and, mm-hmm. and they cut it, right? And they release the plantar fascia. Now, her not having pain is great. Yeah. And that's not common. An older lady, right? I was surprised. That's she like said. when I do an ACL and a rotator cuff and the patient goes, I didn't have to take any pain pills. That's awesome. It's not the norm, right? right? And and actually, when patients tell me they don't have any pain, I actually am a little bit worried because they usually start doing things they shouldn't be doing because they're not hurting. And sometimes you want some of that pain to get someone to stay within the instructions of don't use your arm, don't use your leg, stay in the sling. When people feel good, they tend to do things that they're not supposed to. So anytime someone comes in and says, I'm not having any pain after the surgery, I say, well, that's great, but make sure you don't do anything crazy. That doesn't mean go out and do whatever you want. Yeah, which kind of led me to, to mine where I kind of screwed it up because I thought I was doing great. and then You I'm were going, doing really well. And then, yeah, and then going up and down the stairs or something, I'm not quite sure. Uh, all right, so listen, uh, reboundrehab.com. You can go there. You can find eight locations. Hyder, he's going to make sure that all that information is there. You got Brian Borden, who is a physical therapist at the Jack's Beaches location. Got one more question that I want to throw at you guys, or you got one? No, okay. I think we got no one on the text line. All right, so here's one more. What would be a, a patient's limitation after a total knee procedure? What sports activities could a person do with a full recovery? First thing we got to do is we got full range of motion and strength back. You know, and then once you achieve that, that's when you start talking about sports activities. Um, I know pickleball is big down here, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you can't bend the knee or you're not strong enough, that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the goal is obviously to be able to go back and live your life as 
you know, pain-free and do what you want. That's why we do replacements. Golfing, you can go back to. You're gonna have. You're gonna be worse. And the studies show you're gonna. I don't play golf, so I don't know how, what exactly mm-hmm. you call it, but you're a handicap. That's what it is, right? It's yeah. gonna be worse. Well, believe me, I'm handicap for sure. <laughs> yeah. After after you do a Tony, and that's the studies show that you can. People play tennis. It's better. We always say you're gonna probably end up being doubles, right? Because mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. is gonna be all around is gonna be tough. Pickleball now is great because it's now very, it's short movements as opposed mm-hmm. to longer movements. Um, we say don't, we don't like when you kneel on it, but people go to church and kneel on, on, on it anyways. Not ideally, but you can do it. So really, and, and the other thing is running and jogging. Now, people say don't run. But in reality, most people getting a total knee are older. They're probably not running. They're jogging right. Right, or fast-paced walking, which I think is fine. Just remember, the younger you are, the more likely you will need a revision because the more stress and the more active you will be. And that plastic we call the poly, which is the plastic that's in between the two pieces of metal, ends up wearing out. And that's where people get their revision because that plastic wears out, and now you need to change that plastic out. Yeah, and bracing of any kind, would you, like, once you do the total knee procedure? You know, total knees, they have about a 10%, depends where you look at, 10 15% rate of people still having pain after a total knee. It's Mm -hmm. not the end-all, be-all of all surgeries. Now, the majority of those patients do say, my pain is better than it was, but I'm still having some pain. And a knee brace can help those patients. Yeah. One guy I had, uh, I call him Spanky is his nickname, uh, best ball striker in the world, speaking of golf, cannot putt worth a lick. <laughs> anyway, he decides to do both knees at the same time. Now listen, Ooh. this is a short fellow yeah. nailed to the ground, and he decided to do both knees. Is that recently? Uh, it's been a few years. Yeah. It, you know, that was still big. getting over it. Doing bilateral <laughs> knees at the same time was big when I started residency. Yeah. It's kind of gone away. Not that people aren't still doing it, but that's kind of gone away because the studies showed that the risk of complications had really increased. The risk of infection was higher. The risk of blood clot and pulmonary wow. embolism was higher. And so we've kind of gone away from that, although it's still some people still offer it. You just have to understand the risks are, are a little higher when you get them both done. Yeah, that makes sense. Time. That makes sense. All right, listen, gang, thank you guys for dropping in with us. Uh, reboundrehab.com. You can log on, check them out. If you need physical therapy, if you want to get back in the game, make sure you check out licensed physical therapists uh, like Brian that can definitely take care of you. Brian Hyder, thank you, fellas. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Thank you for that. All right, I swear I have got to tell the story before we get to your medical convention. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. Because, you know, What's the I, story? I was, Depends what the story is. I was just whining to, to, to our rebound rehab folks about you know i got up went up and down the stairs took off we had a great day walked a bunch and then we went to the rodeo i took tld is it rodeo or rodeo it, it could it, it's it's rodeo in beverly hills yeah. it's a rodeo here in duval county man let me tell you something unleash the beast was the name of the event normally i don't even have to leave the house for that okay but that was the name of the <laughs> event and it was professional bull riders at their best man it was awesome And I'm telling you what, I saw some things, Gio, these cowboys, okay, they're not that big. And there were, I don't know, 2,000 pounds, I don't even know how how much a a big rodeo bull weighs. But anyway, one of them stomped right on the shoulder of one of them, stomped right in the femur area of one of them. I mean, they were barely getting, being able to get up and walk off of there. I know you don't know a whole lot about rodeo injuries, but just yeah. imagine being a well, doctor around professional yeah. bull riders. I mean, that's probably a lot of bad, blown up fractures. Oh my! So I look gosh. up; they're about fifteen pounds or fifteen hundred pounds or more. So okay. almost two tons. Golly! Dude. Or a ton. I a ton. Say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and they had one Dana White's 
you know, Dana White from Uf- UFC. Yeah. Yeah. His is Twisted Steel. So uh-huh. he has a Brahma Bull. And the other guy that I like that was there, Cole Hauser. That's Rip from Yellowstone. Okay. Do you watch Yellowstone? I don't. Oh, dude, you've got to watch Everyone it. Everyone tells me that. I know that. Right you... now I'm watching, which I think is great, The Night Stalker Oh, you on lo- Netflix. It's good? It's great. It's yeah. a documentary about the guy. I mean, you know, I don't want you, We always talk. People say that. We watch stuff about people getting murdered and we say <laughs> how great it is. But it's a documentary about a serial killer in, yeah. I forget when, the 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s. Um, and it's very interesting how they're, they find the clues and- of course, like every documentary, the police screw up somewhere or they get stonewalled by another police agency, sure. right? I mean, yeah. and uh, so now I think I'm in the second to last. It's like four episodes. Okay. I'm on the third. Is uh, is that a Matt Hayes suggestion? No. Because you you got to ask him about it because I think he might be oh, watching. Oh, really? He might have watched Night Stalker, it, I think too. it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so let's go to your convention before we talk about the... Uh, NFL Combine players and the medicals there. Uh, but like you said, you laid it out with Brian and, and with Hyder earlier. Best pra- What is it? Best practices and the latest when it comes to sports medicine. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, these these guys talk about their injuries, and the injuries are all kind of elite athletes, college athletes, mm-hmm. NFL, you know, professional athletes in every sport. And the injuries are interesting. Some of the stuff you're like, how do these guys get this to come into their office, right? Because mm-hmm. It's kind of very complicated stuff sometimes. Sometimes it's a very basic ACL reconstruction uh, that's a revision. What are you going to do on this professional guy, right? Um, And some of it is just crazy things. So it was a great conference, and um, just to hear their thoughts on certain procedures Mm -hmm. and and how, you know, they've been doing it for longer than me, right? A little little bit older guys, and just the, the amount of athletes that they see, and they've tried this and tried that and realized this didn't work, and this worked better, and so they kind of give you their little pearls and all that stuff. Right. So that's great. See, I think that's the part that, that we always talk about medical technology, medical advancements. It's just like anything else. You guys have more things that are introduced to your world to make all of us better, uh, and that's happening in the automotive technology world. It's happening right. in the iPhone world or, or Android world. But for you guys, you guys get, like you said, orthopedic toys. That's going to make it better for guys like us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, and a lot of it uh, may not change the result of surgery, uh-huh. right? It might just make our the surgeon's job easier during surgery, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, we used to have to do five steps to do this, and now we've got this new device that you do one step and mm-hmm. and you skip, you know, you cut down your time by five minutes for just this one step. Or, or Yeah, true. And, and I would think, honestly, from a rehab point of view, like you saying, hey, you're going to come out of surgery, you're going to feel this, or you're gonna, it's going to take you X number of time, uh, days to recover, that something like this, that's less invasive, right? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're under anesthesia less mm-hmm. or you have a tourniquet that's on less. That's a great point. It's, it's always better for the patient. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the medicals. Uh, Mia on XL Primetime, when you visited with us earlier in the week, said there was a backup for the players that are coming through the NFL Combine for the medicals, yeah. that it was just taking longer. And so just to let everybody know, if you, if you haven't heard our discussion about this before, is that you will have team doctors that will show up for all the NFL teams, and they collectively have to basically take these prospects, draft prospects, and put them through the ringer. Leon Cersei describes the the poking and prodding. They want to check everything. Yeah. And they have to kind of work in concert with each other, right? Because this is, this is shared information. It is shared information uh, because sometimes – 
you can't run through. How many people go to the combine? I, I want to say it's in the neighborhood of 350 yeah. prospects. So to try to see 350 people and catch everything on 350 people is very difficult, right? right? In, a, in the short time span that you have. So you do rely, they do rely on the other physicians that are there to say, hey, I saw this guy. This is what I saw. What did you see? I saw this. I saw that. Just to make sure that nothing gets overlooked. And, and they talk to each other. And listen, all the docs, I mean, it, we are a community in orthopedics. And yeah, mm-hmm. you have competition, this and that. But, you know, and people have their own issues with certain people sometimes, like any human being. Right. But overall, they were a community that, hey, we talked to each other. Hey, I found this. I right. found that. I'm not trying think? to deceive you. Right. Yeah. And basically not let you know about a player. Like you always hear these classic stories. Hey, put something out medically about this well, guy. Y- you know, it, yeah, it's these docs, right? I mean, in the end, you're making a medical decision. Yeah. So if you make a decision and it's a very bad decision that someone gets injured, that's good. That can fall on you. Mm-hmm. So you gotta. You're not gonna say, oh, "I'm gonna go screw that guy," and, and mm-hmm. you know, and then let him take the heat if something bad happens. So you kind of let each other know. And the other thing is, is we're talking about a long-term financial investment, right? And that's the biggest thing, right? I mean, you're going to spend how, the team is going to spend millions of dollars. Like I always tell this story, and I'm pretty sure I've told you this before. Whenever the combine rolls around, but Miles Jack. A former Jaguar, a very good player, not a great player, but a very good player, he was projected as a high first-round pick. He goes to the combine. He lets it slip out at some point in the conversations. We're talking, he's just being interviewed. He said, yeah, I went through the medicals, and and they say that at some point I may have to have a micro, uh, what is it, microfracture procedure done on my knee. Anyway, he just utters this. It wasn't like this was coming out from the medical community. He utters this. You know what he does? He tumbles from, say, a top 20 pick to the second round. Jacksonville trades up to get him 36th, 37th in the draft. He was healthy as basically his right. entire career. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that's how it happens. That's how you don't say anything. Yeah, exactly. Like when the shot. cops pull you over. Yeah, and it just <laughs> shot up. Uh, all right, here's a question that was hit with um, our XL Primetime listeners uh, when we were talking about this earlier in the week. How come the NFL doesn't comply with HIPAA on players' health disclosure? That's a good question. Number one, I'd have to assume they sign a waiver mm-hmm. that their information can be disseminated and shared. Okay. I'm sure that happens. Number two, HIPAA is actually for a treating provider and treating entity. So it's for the doctors, for the hospitals, for a clinic. It is not for your job. Mm-hmm. So technically, your job can tell people what your injuries. It is not a HIPAA violation. That's why if you ask for sick leave, they can, you know, I get patients all the time say, I have short-term disability. Or I have sick leave. I need you to fill out this form for my job. And I have to put down what your diagnosis is and tell your job. Right. Because um, they don't have – and also they're allowing me to do it right, as the patient. But HIPAA is for the entity that's treating the patient, okay. not for outside people that are not part of the, the treatment. Yeah, and that makes sense because – and these players have to go through the scrutiny because it's one entity, the NFL. They're going to one of 32 stops. In the NFL. Right. And look, the NFL, there's teams that are all against each other, but the NFL is one big community. All the owners know each other. They all want to make as much money as the other person, right? And so they want to share the information because they don't want to screw you, and the next year you're going to screw me. Mm -hmm. Right. So if a player is, I don't know, he's injured, everyone's going to know about it. Hey, this guy has bad shoulder. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to say, let me hide it because let me try to trade for him because you don't want the same thing to happen to you in the end. And so... 
the information gets gets disseminated. All right. We've got to bring up F1 before we're done, but I want to ask uh, – here's at least one draft prospect question, and I'm tying it back to Jacksonville with – this happened a year ago with Ventrell Miller, a former Gator uh, that was drafted in the fourth round by the Jags. Uh, that's still a question that I have for Trent Baalke. Why did you draft Ventrell Miller in the fourth round when he was coming off a Jones – avulsion fracture. So the new, uh, this year's uh, round of draft prospects that went to the Combine include Illinois defensive tackle, Jerzon Newton, Johnny Newton, injured foot, not being able to work out this week in Indianapolis. He is a likely first-round pick is the way it's described, Geo. He had surgery to repair the Jones avulsion fracture in his foot, uh, had surgery in January, can't work out, and I'm bringing it back to Ventral Miller because that's the same injury he had. Should you be worried about drafting a guy with a Jones fracture, or is it not that big of a deal? I mean, I, th- I think they overall do well. Um, the one issue with Jones fractures is they love to not heal and, and create a non-union. So you mm-hmm. just have to watch that and make sure it does heal. So describe where that's at in the foot. Uh, and, well, Jones fractures, if you look at your foot and you look in the outside of your foot, you have mm-hmm. this little bump right where the kind of meets the floor, you have a, have a bump on the side, and that right. is your fifth metatarsal. That's where your Jones fracture is. And those are notorious for non-unions, or, or where it means when you break it, it doesn't heal, doesn't connect. That's one of the reasons why you fix it. Also, depends where it's broken, because there's an area sometimes where there's bad blood flow. Mm-hmm. So you just have to watch it. I'm sure he's getting a bone stimulator to get this thing to heal, but they love to have non-unions, mm-hmm. and so you just got to keep a close eye on it. Yeah, and so this guy, like you said, if he comes through fine and he uh, is fully rehabbed, he may slide in the first round. Didn't, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible, especially if he can't work out and yep. they don't know, is this thing healing? Is it going to take four months, five months to heal Right. You know, before he can do anything? So it's definitely a question mark. All right, hit me with F1 because I'm going to see if I can sneak in either a question or one more uh, from the baseball world. Well, first of all, we had the big um, thing with – Christian Horner, mm-hmm. right? He had the inappropriate text messages. He was cleared of no wrongdoing. Oh, really? Um, that saucy. We I wish that we don't know the on. details, but they um, it, we're assuming no one said it was technically that. But That's exactly right. Um, and then what's interesting, and I'm not going to say it now. The race was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not super common that the race is on a Saturday, um, Unless it's like overnight because it's in a different time zone. Right. I'm not going to say what happened during the race only because I th- I know some people who recorded it and haven't watched it oh, yet. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Because they will get mad at you. It's usually on a Sunday, so we're going to stay quiet um, and, and then people we're can talking find out what it was. Bahrain, right? It was in Bahrain, yeah. yep. Uh, I had a buddy, a Navy guy who was stationed there. Beautiful place. Yeah? Yeah. That's I've never he, been. Yeah, that's what he said. Just Unbelievable. Uh, beauty all over that place, that's for sure. All right, so so there's still a little, not scandal, but still a little uh, controversy Yeah, in the F1 world. Yeah. Uh, all right, got to bring this guy up uh, because we're gonna, I'm going to be throwing some baseball injuries at you. I don't know that we're going to be able to completely nail this one down. But real quick, Casey Mize, former first pick overall, and a guy that uh, is expected to come in and do great things as a uh, member of the Detroit Tigers. Anyway, he had to have Tommy John surgery. In um, the last time we saw him was April of twenty-two. Geo, April of twenty-two, underwent Tommy John surgery and then back surgery in the summer of that year. One related to the other? No, not, not at all. So. Not at all. I think it's just coincident. You know, it just happened to be. 
Yeah. And so we'll, we'll keep an eye on him, but we're hoping that this guy's going to be able to come back and be 100%. You're talking the number one overall pick. You want to see that guy uh, become a star. Are you a baseball fan? Are you going to go down to spring training? So when I was with Andrews. You should take the kids. I, I should, right? You know, but it's interesting. When I was with Andrews, we did all the, the physicals for the race. Uh-huh. We would okay. fly down. I th- what were they? Port St. Lucie, I believe? Or yeah, well, they were. You know, they, I forget where they were. That sounds right, because Tampa down Town. South, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we did all, the, all their all their physicals, the whole team and you know, however many players it was. So it was, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, so they probably crossed over to the East Coast uh, with their tra- uh, spring training. All right, we're done. We're uh, out of here today, but if you have any questions when it comes to sports injuries, hit us with them, 641-1010. We will try and get to them next week. we got, yeah. we got to bring up Kirk Cousins next week because yep. he's trying to get back and get 100%. Send us your questions or your comments. Anything. We love them. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to the show and you miss some of Apple, it. Apple, Google, Spotify, or on the 1010XL website. Yep, you can go to 1010XL.com. Just look for Breaking Bones. We are done. Joe C., talk to you at noon tomorrow on XL Primetime. And don't forget, Dr. George Barr, you can log on, bariorthopedics.com, with locations all over the First Coast. He is the man. Have a great Sunday. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Barry and Joe C. on 1010XL.